Welcome to The Wayne Nicholson Show, where our guests share their fascinating stories. If you have any questions or would like to DM us, we would love to hear from you. We also have a YouTube channel and a Facebook page. This episode is brought to you by Egypt Fun Tours. Now, I always said if Indiana Jones was to take a tour throughout Egypt, then Egypt Fun Tours would be the company he would book through. I can vouch personally having booked this company when traveling to Egypt in 2019. If you are looking for a professionally guided service which is knowledgeable, fun and sometimes off the beaten track, then you can't beat Egypt Fun Tours. You see, my wife and I went with the private tour, which was personalized to our own interests and needs, which you can do with Egypt Fun Tours. We traveled from the south, visiting beautiful Abu Simbel, right up to the magical Alexandria. We got to spend alone time, would you believe, in the King's Chamber of the Great Pyramid, as well as camping with the Bedouins in the White Desert. We learned how to read hieroglyphs, and we visited the beautiful temples of Abydos and Dendera, which sometimes is not included on tours. So for more information on Egypt Fun Tours, check out their Facebook page, Egypt Fun Tours, or their website, egyptfuntours.com. This episode is also brought to you by Delhi's Continental. From just one pop-up and one sandwich, their reputation spread quickly, selling out whatever they prepared in 20 minutes. Boasting their Continental Rolls are the best in Australia with every ingredient fresh and made in-house. Now, within months, these two owners, Stead McCluder and Aldo Putsu, had already graced the pages of magazines, websites and newspapers. Rumours are now stirring that this could be big. If you are interested in what all the fuss is about, and you are lucky enough to live in Perth, Western Australia, why not head down to Delhi's Continental, number 2 861 Beaufort Street, Inglewood, with their grand opening set to be this summer, 2021. For more information, you can check out their Instagram and Facebook page, Delhi's Continental. Check this out for a resume. In her teens, Louisa Horton used her love of skateboarding to help fight her depression. That fight would see her turning pro, allowing her to compete and travel the world. But after being plagued with numerous injuries, that dream would soon end and Louisa would have to retire from the world she loved and that sport. You see, it was now that Louisa would now pursue what people called the normal life with a nine to five job in sales, working for commission she did well. She did really well. However, that thought of once doing what you loved and your passion and riding a skateboard, traveling the world, getting paid would constantly plague her consciousness every day. And soon that depression returned with a vengeance. You see, it was now in her late 20s, Louisa walks into a boxing gym for the very first time with a friend. This would change her life forever. Within a short time, Louisa Horton would become the WBO female junior flyweight champion in 2016 and currently holds the WBC world title since 2019. And by the way, Louisa is raising five kids with her partner, Marcus. So first thing I'm going to say is, (laughs) do you ever get tired of people going, champ is here? The champ is here. Yeah, I'll never get tired of that. <laughs> that must give you a rush. Oh yeah, for sure. Like um I love I love that song as well, you know. I was having it pumping through the gym the other day while I was training, so that beat, that song, yeah, it's cool. Like and it, it is, it does give me a rush, like you know, to think about, I mean, that song was like Muhammad Ali and all of those fighters for those days. And it's like, it's amazing that I could have something that they had as well, you know. And and share that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I grew up with that sound, you know, the WBC, world <laughs> I, you grow up with that sound. So yeah. What, what was it like to first hear that? It was very emotional, actually, because when I finally, it was always my dream to set out to win the WBC world title. Um, I didn't know much, actually. In fact, I knew nothing about boxing. I just knew that I loved it and that I want, I saw a picture of a world champion with the WBC belt and I said, I want to do that. I knew it was a championship, but I was like, I want that. And it was the WBC belt. And I didn't know anything about it. So, um, yeah, from that moment that I made that decision, I was like, yeah, that's what I want. And then as I – Hang on, slow down. So how did you not know? 
Oh, I just never really, I never really was into boxing that much. I, I used to skateboard when I was younger, and that was my sport. And ah, yeah, so that explains the tattoo, right? Uh, little Lulu, <laughs> yeah, with the skateboard, definitely. <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, I'm going to ask you a question about that. Yeah. So okay, got ya. Yeah. So once I get it, got more into this. Like I loved the sport, I loved the feeling, and and through some challenging times at that time of my life, it was definitely was something that was great for me. Um, and then having that dream to aspire to because when I do talk about my skateboarding, I talk about how it was my dream as a 15-year-old to become a world champion. But I felt like I failed and I fell short of that dream, you know, as as life carries on and takes you on a different path and you reflect and you go, oh, damn, you know. But boxing for me was something that gave me that great energy, gave me a good feeling. And then, then when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is maybe – I can do this, you know, and this would be my second opportunity to make the dreams come true. So I saw the WBC belt and always just wanted one of those. And then as I got more into boxing, I understood and started learning about, damn, this is, you know, this is really prestigious. This is the best that you could ever have. So I did, my eyes chose right. <laughs> so when you took up skateboarding, the difference between skateboarding and boxing, obviously we know, but was it? a way to because I know you suffered depression mm -hmm. was it a way to escape that definitely um as I reflect like as a, a younger teen like you don't think of it that way like I never thought of it that way but as I look back and and reflect on my life as an adult and look back what I was going through those times in my life then absolutely you know uh it was a really good pathway for me to focus my energies in a positive way for myself I've always loved sport as a kid like it always made me feel like I was at home so that's probably more within myself than anything else like something that I felt made sense to me and and was my way of communicating to the world like naturally you know so i think going through um challenging times through my teens you know my parents split up and and a heap of different things you know the schooling i was at it was it wasn't a great place to grow up so it definitely gave me a path that was positive where you know maybe at the time in my mind there wasn't a lot of positive stuff i didn't sure. know where i fitted in and it gave me that, you know, like uh, I wanted to be the best. I never really think about, I just wanted to be the best at something. Like it made me feel like I was good at something, you know, and that was natural. And and then to to watch skateboarding on, you know, all the VHS and um, all the people that you fell in love with as a fan, like skateboarding, and you watch them and learn from them through video because when I was skateboarding, we didn't have skateboarding clinics or workshops or teachers or anything. We had to self self teach who did you look up to um through skateboarding it would have been i definitely love paul rodriguez who was a similar age to me when i was uh, a teen and um skateboarding like eric coston uh you know tom do you, penny do you, and do you still have time to watch skateboarding i watch little bits on my instagram <laughs> like i follow a lot of skateboarding on my instagram but no i don't really sit down and watch all the videos anymore but i watch clips and i do like to reminisce over the older videos that I used to watch and because they used to – I think the VH tapes used to get wrecked from Rewind, Fast Forward Rewind. <laughs> yeah, oh, i gotta, I got to watch the trick. How do I do that trick? i got to rewind it. You know, pause, rewind, pause, rewind. Taping all so, the MTV clips as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it definitely was for me an outlet um, and a way to express myself to what I felt naturally is my way of being in this world, you know, as an athlete. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Mandra. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Mandra. Yeah. <laughs> God, that place has changed now, hasn't it? A lot. It has changed a lot. It's crazy. It's just growing and growing. But, you know, there's still those pockets of Like that hardiness. was here. Yeah, definitely. But, I, you know, in, deep down, I, I sort of like, <laughs> I like, I think every city needs a little bit of grunge, you know. Oh, um, it has to. Like, I think it's just like anything. You take positives and negatives together. And that's what makes something whole, you exactly. know. And, and without where I came from, I wouldn't be who I am, you know. Like all of us, mm -hmm. you know, like all of us. So, like, I, I do remember seeing um, an interview with you when you sort of said it was like a dark place that you were in, a dark mm -hmm. tunnel that you couldn't get out of. Yeah, yeah. Now, personally, because I've done boxing, but mm -hmm. more training-wise, you know, mm -hmm. to get fit, I don't think there's a better sport. I mean, I, I know when my wife used to have really hard days, mm -hmm. she always used to say, there's nothing like putting on wraps, gloves and hitting the leather. Absolutely. I'd, I'd 100% have to agree with that. Um, it's actually almost like a cathartic therapy because 
you know, you're letting energy out. You're, you're able to let aggression out in a way that you, first and foremost, isn't wrong. No. It's not judged. And, um, you know, and it's an enjoyable feeling to be able to let your energy out that way in, in that therapy kind of stance. You know, and there's a lot of people that I do train, especially women, you know, they come to me and they're generally business women. They'll come to me and they're, could be highly strung, highly stressed, and they come and they're, they're like, I love coming because I just switch off from everything else and it just feels so good and they're always smiling and full of energy when they leave. And it's, you know, these things for our mental health are really important and boxing in particular because it yeah. has that aggression side of things. We can allow ourselves to let that all out, yeah. you know. They do say that exercise to combat um, like depression mm -hmm. is the number one thing that is not used enough. Enough. Exactly. Well, I think I think people are becoming a bit more aware of it and stuff now. You know? Oh, definitely. I think there's a lot more awareness to it. But I also think like our lifestyles have changed so much over the times as well. Like as I grew up, we were always outside playing. I mean, for me, I was always You're out right. running a mark on my bike or doing something really active. Um, and now it's different. You know, we're all highly worked and, you know, if we're not working for ourselves, um, you know, there's, there's, there's our phones, there's everything that we need. Like I tell my kids, you know, when I grew up, I only had like five, six channels on TV to choose I from. Remember. And now you guys, I can't even pick what we're going to watch for a movie together because there's so many choices. That's, that is the hardest thing. <laughs> but you know, in a way, because things are so easy, look, I, I know it as well. Um, you do miss out on those simple pleasures though. You know, like when there's not nothing on television and you've got four channels, you take your bike and you ride to a friend's Exactly house. my point. And in fact, TV is probably the last resort. The last thing. You know, so I think kids, they have it. But at the same time, I'm glad. See, I'm I'm about 14 years older than you. Mm -hmm. So I know that era that yeah. you're talking about. And I'm just so happy I grew up in oh, that as well. Yeah. It was a magical time. It was. Magical it was. Time. Now, <laughs> you know, this is stupid fanboy um, <laughs> questions. <laughs> you know, yeah. that. Do you remember the time... When you sat there and you were training and you went, I could do this. Mm -hmm. I could do this for a living. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. Like, or I'm, I'm a little better at this than a lot of people that have come in. Mm -hmm. Do you um, remember when that was? Definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I will tell you that the time that I walked into a boxing gym and I was going in, my friend um, had asked me, women generally like a partner to go, oh, can you come try this with me? You know, it's like a confidence thing that of we course. can do together. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll go to the gym. And it was a morning fitness class for kickboxing. just a wimp, And mostly the mums from school were there. So it was predominantly women. And I got on there, I was like, wow, yeah, cool. This is awesome. But at that time, I was actually going through separation with my ex-husband. And my children were young. Like my daughter was only one. So right. it was really like I was struggling and probably abusing like things that were helping me numb, like alcohol, like just, you know, going through of some course. really challenging times. So I was wondering what I was going to be doing. And, and I took to my skateboard again. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. Because I actually went through the depression because I stepped away from that dream and that was part of that All that right. I had recognized why I was in that place. Like I didn't know that was a big purpose in my life and then waking up every day to do that sport and then not doing it and not because you chose to but because life went in a different way. Sure. You're like, holy shit, I didn't actually achieve what I set out to achieve and I, I was like pretty dark on myself about that. You know, I felt like I failed but really I had climbed pretty high that I didn't really – take much reckon like recognition for myself you for don't. that you know so that time I stepped into the gym it was that it was that I was like this is my way I can I can do this I want to be an athlete again because that's what I love I picked up my skateboard again and I was competing again but I was like mm, I don't know if this is it again you know so you were competing in skateboarding yeah so you were good it's yeah. not it wasn't just a hobby no it wasn't just a hobby I actually got to skate at the world cup when I was 16 and um the people that I looked up to were there. Tony Hawk was there, Paul Rodriguez, I Eric saw Tony Austin. Hawk recently on a skateboard, on yeah. video. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much that skate competition for me, I was 16, was huge. It was massive. It was wow. like Globe World Cup in Melbourne, but all of the pros had come out for that show. And the house was full of 
everybody you could think of that if you were a skateboarder and you love skateboarding, everybody that you would have ever wanted to see skate in the flesh was there, you know, and I was competing under the same arena as them and, and being able to talk wow. to Rodney Mullen and, you know, have conversations with these guys and get to meet them and hang out with them. But I was pretty focused on what I needed to do. So you weren't just this other kid down the skate park. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way you were talking before, you know, and, and it wasn't until you just said, oh, you know, when I competed. Like, yeah. Okay. So no wonder why it hit you pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that time. sort of fueled, look, I've heard that from every athlete that's come on. Yeah. There's yeah. reasons why that happened because yeah. you wouldn't be here today. Well, I wouldn't be a boxing world champion. That's you know right. what I mean? Like, so the hardships, we look back and go, oh, thank you for those because the lessons that we learn and then realizing like you're young, you go through those times of having self-awareness. Like you don't, we're not taught that stuff at school. So we have to learn that stuff through living. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which we still are every single day, but to look back and go, wow, you know, cause I got to skateboard in, in America and in, in different competitions. I was sponsored by element skateboards. Like it was, it was really, wow, I, I was so living the dream. Mm. I was living the dream. You know, I didn't hit where I wanted to personally. So, hit. so, so what happened? Um, was it, because of the like you going through a divorce and things like that, because you said to, my skateboarding or yeah, because you said you were sort of still skateboarding. Yeah, so I guess I had had a few injuries and then right. thought I'll get a job because oh, I God. was skate. Yeah, I know. What was <laughs> that, I thinking? Well, that's enough <laughs> to make anyone depressed. <laughs> no, so what happened is I got a job and then I, you know, um, that's where I met my ex-husband. So life kind of shifted sure, in that direction. Sure. And and the job I was doing was um, a sales job, was pure commission. It was hot, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of time consuming, yeah. a lot of work, a lot of stress. And what actually happened is I got focused on that and got really good at that and then burnt myself out with it. Um, and then just stresses in life that compound on you and, and situations um, from the outside, I guess. I didn't really know how to handle those things at the time. And then I didn't really realize I had stepped away from skateboarding until I'd already was so immersed in, in, you know, in the work I was doing and how high demanding it was of what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? So then when I kind of crashed through that and went through a complete burnout, like I was working so many hours, it's just full of stress and, and not eating right, not doing exercise the way that my body used, like yeah. I'm used to doing it. Um, that's when it kind of hit me and I suffered from insomnia and then that led to one thing to another and yeah, just compounded on me so terribly. Right. And then that's when I was reflecting about skateboarding and all these different options in life were coming up and I was like, oh, I don't know how to even make a decision right now because I'm not in the mind frame to even do that. I don't even know who I am. And how, I mean? how old were you then that you're talking about? Yeah, I was 20, 20, 20. 21. Yep. So I was skateboarding through, I started skateboarding when I was 15, went to World Cups and traveled the world, was sponsored like, you know, living the dream through to about 18 and a bit and I had injuries and then that's how right. I ended up sliding into work and then meeting my ex-husband and having children, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, life just kind of takes you on a different journey and then you end up coming back to where you're meant to be anyway. So, Do you think, Louisa, like, you know, as a boxer, you got to be a specific type of, you know, coming from a specific <laughs> crazy like stable <laughs> to be a boxer, right? Yeah. Do you think it was nurture of your past and your childhood or do you think it's partly nature, it's in you? Uh, I think it's more innate nature. Like yeah. it didn't me. Um, but that's what I mean. Being an athlete, that aggressive, you know, skateboarding was, you know, you take some really hard slams and yeah. shit ain't easy getting up off yeah. the concrete and smiling about but it. But you're you know? not just doing the sport to mm -hmm. be that athlete to mm -hmm. win. Yeah. I mean, look, I've spoken to gold medalists uh, mm -hmm. and other athletes. I think it is. I used to think it was nurture or a bit of both, right? Mm -hmm. I still do in a way, but at the same time, I remember this lady saying to me when she was 11, she just remembers coming home from school and running for 11 Ks <laughs> and she was like tiny. And yeah. each time she'd do a K, she would spell out the let, uh, the word Australia. Mm -hmm. Wow. For me, I feel like it's born within me to be an athlete. Like I don't, I didn't necessarily just choose these things. Like they came to me and it wasn't like I've picked the hardest sports I think to, for a woman as well you know like yeah. skateboarding at the time when I was it was challenging for women there was hardly any girls out on their skateboards you were as the token chick you know yeah. and then same with boxing like it has its adversities and why you know there's a, there's greater reasons why but for me it's installed in me when I was playing sport when I was really young like I used to play netball and, and I remember just 
playing out the back by myself, pretending and I had a whole team because I wanted to win. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that competitive side of me is is natural. And, um, you know, I grew up with a brother, an older brother. So that probably helped that, yeah, you sure. know, that competitiveness in the physical side of things. Um, but I just, I think it's just born within me that that's, that's who I am. That's what I do. And I've recognized that throughout the rest of my life that I'm going to be involved in some kind of sport because it does help my mental health. Like I'm very competitive and I'm, I'm would say I'd love to be a high achiever at whatever I do. So that's just installed inside of me, whatever it would be that I would be picking to do. Like even with sales, I got really good at sales. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think that high achiever is part of it. And then you said something about like the, a lot of athletes feel that kind of depression things. I think it's very common because you're so used to, striving towards a, a certain goal and and then sometimes athletes get to the end of their career and they don't know what to do they don't know yeah. how to be or how to exist you know yeah. i think you know i think that happens to everybody mm -hmm. that has a goal um, yeah, yeah. and no matter what industry yeah. but i think it hits athletes more because they have a span that they Life can only span. be yeah. that athlete you know at that at that level yes at that level yeah so i think it hits athletes more i mean look at tyson fury's journey yeah, phenomenal. Like, like, like now I he's retiring and he's on top now, you know. I know, but that worries me. Oh, it totally. Because he you doesn't must have, understand. He doesn't have a driven, like, where's that energy going to go now? Like, and that's one that's thing right. I've always said, because I always push boundaries as a kid. You know, I was always out, like, just pushing my boundaries and, and wanting to see how far I could go with certain things. And um, I think when that, that energy isn't driven into something that's um, constructive, it goes to other places and and you know that's not that's not good so someone like we talk about tyson fury he's gone there he's done it and then yeah. he's pulled himself back from it so now how's he going to keep his you know he's aware of it now as well like which is the great thing and he's such an advocate for mental health but how is he going to everyday life keep himself directing that energy in a correct think, way for himself? I think know? he has to go um, towards uh, helping kids yeah well you know that's where he's been, it because he's been through it Yes. So I think now absolutely. at least he's got somewhere to expel that energy where Definitely. I think before, yeah, he, he, he didn't know how didn't low. Didn't know it yet. He didn't know it yet. Yeah. So I think that's, um, I think that's really important you to know, him as well. I think that's the key though. Like through my, through my time, my greatest gift that I've gotten is my depression. It's yeah. been my greatest gift because it's given me so much self-awareness, but it's also given me a way to be able to reach other people, you know, and, and, with what I do and, and the way people look at you or, you know, how I could break through those boundaries and do it for myself, um, I'm just an average person too. So people can relate to that and go, well, you know, how did you do it? What tools did you get? And they, they'll listen. They'll listen to you. Like they'll listen to Tyson Fury because of his story, you know, and his story would only be put out there because of what he's done and what he's accomplished and yeah. who he is, you know. So I think my greatest gift is, is that. And I look f at the moment like – I, like you say, there's this time frame on your sports, you know, and I look at that and I'm not, I'm very aware of that. And especially in boxing, it's a tough, tough sport and your body. It's a tough sport business wise. It, it's just, you know, the most challenging, the toughest sport in the world, I believe. Um, so I look at, okay, what am I going to do when I finish? Cause I don't want to be getting somewhere because I think what you said, when you have a goal and you're driven, you feel like you're good, right? But when you feel a bit lost, if you don't have those things, and I believe that if you don't have a purpose in life, it, it's hard. Like you feel all the all the other things in life that can stress you out or worry. You can get into that downturn of um, your mental health suffering a bit because now you're focusing, your focus isn't there on isn't something there. that's positive, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think about what am I going to do when I finish boxing? And, and it's definitely... Like I love speaking and doing clinics and talking to people about mental health and, and my story in particular and sharing my journey with people and then sharing boxing with people as to how what's helped me and what's got me through tough times and even still does to this day, you know. Well, I think it's people like you and you know um, that's bringing boxing to the to the highlight mm -hmm. now, uh, to the wider. I mean, George Cambosis, you know, yeah. like for what he's achieved. Can yeah. you imagine? Like I was watching that fight live and oh, amazing. Yeah, it's just you know. I, I remember watching the fights of Costa Zoo and Jeff Fennick yeah. and all those boys. Yeah. And it's nice to see, you know, people like you and George and now coming through coming and through. a bit more of the spotlight coming down under, yeah. you know, and, but they don't see the work that went into it beforehand, oh. you know. And I, I take my hats off to George because, you know, my time in the States, I didn't do it the easiest way, you know, where we 
build here and then go there. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, no, I knew what I wanted to do from the beginning. And I know sports from skateboarding, it's, it's your opportunities are in the States. Same with boxing. Like it's the mecca of boxing. True. So that's where I wanted to be. And I was, I didn't start. I didn't start when I was young, you know what I mean? So I was like, no, I'm going to get to it. And I want, this is my goals. This is what I want to do. And i got to make it happen. So you had a plan. Mm, I had a goal. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you look like off the, off the seat of your pants type of girl, you know? That's me. So <laughs> I just, I know what I want. So I'll go after it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I could, looking back, I could have done things a bit different way. But How old were you? You said I wasn't young. Well, I started, I, that first time I went in the gym, I was like 28 nearly 29 wow when you started yep and so i won my first world title in in my seventh professional fight and i had two amateur fights so i had two two amateur amateur boxing fights yeah because i didn't even wasn't even really interested to be honest to do compete amateur because i know i could have gotten gone that route but i didn't yeah i didn't want to like i knew i wanted wbc bell as professional (laughs) boxing you know like um not here to just. It wasn't just like wanted, let's season my skills at all. <laughs> let's just jump I'll in. Learn on the job. You know? <laughs> well, I paid off. I can't yeah. say it didn't pay off. So know? yeah, in nine boxing fights, I became a world champion. So that must be really cool to tell your kids, though. It's pretty cool. Like I, mean, I don't know if they'll understand it till later in their life fully, but yeah, like it's like when when I even say it, I'm like, damn, man. Like I was just so engrossed in what I'm doing. That's the thing. Like I get hyper focused on things when I, when I'm passionate about it and when I want to achieve something. Like there's nothing that can stand in my way. And um, you know, with my first world title, there was so many setbacks for that. Like initially, it was only you know I had a few weeks notice for it, but it ended up being ten months before I actually got to step in the ring and take that fight. Like um, so many ups and downs, so many challenges, so many tears. You know, like I never stopped working, but you know, it never stopped me. And, and never once in my mind was I going backwards or contemplating it or thinking of a different way. I was like, no, it's going to happen, you know, and it will. And I'll become world champion. I ended up fighting in Japan for my first world title. And to them, I don't think I was meant to win. Do you know what I mean? I had six fights. I had no amateur background and, and their champion was 11-0 and 0 undefeated and, and they're building her up and bringing her along. So I wasn't meant to go there and beat her. Do you know what I mean? Is it, is it harder being the champion? Or I mean, the pressure-wise, or is it um, is it nice being the underdog, but being the champion and staying the champion comes with different. Yeah, it's a different pressure, right? Definitely. Um, I think for me, because of my age, I like to think of fights that are forwards. You know, like yeah. I've been out of the ring now for a bit because of COVID, which has had its whole other set of challenges. I saw I've had you locked away in that hotel. I've spent on that three balcony. months in quarantine, all up. <laughs> no shit, yeah, really? I, yeah, everything. Like, because I've still been trying to get about it. So, a lot of setbacks, a lot of things, a lot of time out of the ring, which is not the best thing for, you know, for a fighter. Mm. To, you got to stay active, and that's how you, you know, become better and better and better. But um, I don't like now. I'm. You know, I hold the title in my division. I want those fights. I want those other champions in my division. I don't want to tune up out. Like, uh, just give me a proper yeah. preparation for the fight. I'll be good for it. Yeah. Well, you can. <laughs> I absolutely right? I can. Now, can you demand? Can you demand that, or is it up to your promoters and and things like that? Yeah, I guess the the way negotiation goes, it'll be up to them to negotiate those fights. And you know, like, it's different again. Like women's boxing, like you talk about George Campos, he's in the driving seat right now, so yeah. he pretty much get whatever he wants because everybody. What's and that's what he's nice because he's flown everywhere. Well, that's what I was going to say before. Like I take my hat off to him because when I was out in the States, I just did it the more challenging way, but I, I wanted to be over there and I wanted to be amongst it. I wanted to get those fights. But George is somebody else that did that too. He yeah. he went and found his way and, um, you know, he I know he was working really hard out there for many, many years and, you know, without – all the opportunities that everybody else was, you know, easily getting, but he went the hard way to go to the States because there's levels to this game, you know. Once you step out of Australia and you're in different territory, you know, and it's way different. The levels over there, competitiveness, like it's it's such a big step. And, um, you know, over in Australia, like our main sports are football and things like that. But boxing, 
you know, it's not mm -hmm. a mainstream sport here, whereas it's not cultural here. Do you know what I mean? In yeah. America, it's culture. It's the way the Mexicans grew up. It's the way the Americans grew up. Yeah. Like they're all eight-year-olds in the gym. That's when yeah. they start, you know. They get, they get, you know, pruned or not pruned, but, you know, they, they get guided to be that. And we don't. Like boxing, no. no, you go to a gym to be fit. But that's why I'm saying why you're good for the sport. Is there a time you know, that boxes go through. And I remember Floyd Mayweather saying it goes from sport to being a business because you have that awareness that your time in this sport is limited. Mm -hmm. You've got to be smart. Yeah. And is that what you're going through now? Oh, definitely. Like I'm definitely, like when I first started, I was thinking about boxing and winning the world titles and all that kind of stuff, you know, and I love, love, love the sport. Like I love doing it. Like I love training. I love, you know, everything about it, um, the challenges that it has just to be the athlete, you know. But, you know, Floyd Mayweather's a really smart, smart businessman and in what he's been able to achieve in the ring and, and create a business from that and, and be able to still capitalize today on what he has achieved in a very efficient way. Yeah, he does. Um, but, you know, from the difference between Mike Tyson and those guys back in that day, I don't think the education was there about how to create that for themselves. No. And some of those champions also lost a lot of their money, which is really sad that, you know, that that, that happened and they had to rebuild themselves up in a different, completely different way or, you know, be able to ricochet of what they have done in the ring. But I think now with all the social media aspects and everybody like an influencer can be, you know, a brand and they can recognize that I could be a business just by what I possess and what I can offer, you know, and through our social media platforms, we have a platform to sell. Do you know what I mean? It's important. So definitely like with Floyd, he had all the media, he had everything and his accomplishments in boxing. Like he's such a smart, savvy businessman. And that's what boxing, that's the hard thing. Like for me, I'm the athlete. I love the sport. I love being in the sport. Yeah. I'm a fan of the sport. Um, and to differentiate the, the business side of things is sometimes splitting yourself into two because you're doing it because you love it. But at the same time, you, as an athlete, you got to make money from it. And, and then being a woman on top of that, because, you know, there's m marginal differences um, in the returns, you know, as a professional athlete and what we're getting paid. Um, how do we, how do we do that even greater? You know what I mean? How are we able to do that? Sponsorships come into play as being a big part for a woman to be able to continue to do what you do and even just pay for the expenses of what it takes to be able to train the way that you need to train to be the best, you know? Um, and then looking forward, like for myself and business, like I've always been surrounded by youth, I guess through skateboarding, I, I did a sport and rec traineeship and then that had me doing clinics for youth. I, I spent a lot of time um, teaching skateboarding as well when I wasn't competing Correct. through that middle period um, and just being uh, a role model, I guess, for the youth. But now with the mental health side of things as well, I'm actually reaching like corporates and, and um, you know, older generations and, and everybody can relate to that a bit because everybody's had moments in their lives where they've, you know, hit, hit some challenging moments and challenging times. And it's all about how we can use different tools to overcome those or see things different or perceive our past in a different way than it wasn't actually the way we made it back then so i think as a business like i'm really passionate about creating um my partner and i have um mfko which is mental fitness knockout which is what i do the talking and uh, engagements and clinics through that business and we're you know as i'm fighting that's probably obviously the main uh, focus for me at the moment, but I'm also starting to slowly just gradually build that presence up in that area as well, because that's where I want to move into when I'm done. Like I definitely want to still be sharing boxing with people and, and, um, sharing my story and journey about what I've been through in the challenging times and, and the ups as well, you know, so. Like I had on Kyla Maguire. I don't know if you know Kyla. Um, oh, yeah, I do. Oh, I do? know Kyla. Yeah, I yeah. spotted her one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Kyla was here and, yeah. uh, it's funny because she was talking about she just, she had a pretty hard upbringing mm -hmm. as well. And yep. then she met, you know, who she's with now. Mm -hmm. They're wanting to have kids. And now sort of her career is she still trains, but it's almost like bringing women like post um, pregnancy. Yeah, you have a post, different. And, and how to bring them back to fitness and, you know, taking them through pregnancy as well um, with That's nutrition awesome. and yeah. things like that. But she didn't know it at the time. Mm -hmm. Cause she wasn't even pregnant when she came on the show and she was like, Oh, this is where my training's got to. Amazing. Yeah. And it's just so nice to hear. Like I love, like, of course I love the, the, the rise of stories mm -hmm. of somebody rising from Mandra to 
training in Floyd's gym yeah. and becoming world champion. But it's all the, it's the stories that people don't hear about, yeah. you know, that I love because it sort of makes you who you are mm-hmm. um, and why you're doing the things you're doing in, the, in exactly. that way. And I think in, no matter who comes on, um, they've achieved something, but in different areas. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they expect to be talking about that. But suddenly I'll be like, yeah, but what happened with your grandfather when you were like 10 years old? You know? But there are all those little moments that make us, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be the world champion. And, and like I said to you before, I'm a, I'm, I'm a human being. I'm just like you. We all have a story. We all have everything that we've achieved mm. in our own life and, and the setbacks and the, the hard times that we've also gone through too. That's every human being, you know? So the journey and the story is, they always say it's the journey. That's the most it important is. thing. And then when we're trying to reach for a goal, like we get lost sometimes. But enjoying the success too. Enjoying. Well, definitely. Like able to go, yeah. You know, like, Which um, I think as athletes, we have a hard time doing that yeah. to be honest with you. Cause we're always like, okay, what's okay. I've done that. What's next? You know, like I, I certainly haven't completely celebrated like everything. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like, yeah, I did this, but that's what I was going to do. Like in yeah, my mind, true, that's true. normal for me, you know, because that's what I wanted to do. Whereas true. other people seem to, wow, you know, and I'm like, yeah, this is, it is pretty amazing. And the experiences that I've gotten, like skateboarding, I never really reflected. I was like, oh, damn, like that's what I was doing. I was living the dream. You know what I mean? And yeah. every day I was enjoying it. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but yeah, just to be able to recognize It wasn't that. about those accomplishments. It was just doing that doing to the best it. of your ability. Yeah, like every day doing it. Like that's the joy in it. That's you have these little guilt moments, Louisa, like you can admit to me, right? <laughs> Where, you know, when you, your partner's out of the house, your kids are playing and suddenly you go into your bedroom, you take that green belt out and you put it on the bed and you're yeah. <laughs> you, you're naked in front of the mirror and you just put the belt on and it's like, yeah, I am the champion. <laughs> No, I, I think I, that I think that's in your dream, not mine. I, I, I'd be doing that every day. <laughs> no, nah, but they are. I'm very proud of them, and um, yeah, there's not many in Australia of those belts. No, so I'm I'm super proud to be to be a WBC champ, a former WBO world champion as well. Like I've I was going to say that. So your yeah. former your former WBO world champion. Yeah. Um, sixteen? Were you? Oh, no, no, sorry. Yeah, was um, it? What was the? That's the fight when I went to the junior uh, light flyweight. Oh, so the light flyweight. Light flyweight. Yeah. I hold that. I went up two weights for that. That's what the fight in Japan, which I think oh. looked good on paper. Um, but very beautiful people over in Japan. They are very, very humble. Very humble. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then yeah, I won that WBO Asia Pacific title first here in Perth, which was my last fight in Perth. But then that opened the doorways to all of those other things. So yeah, I'm, I'm super proud. I'd love to add to the collection, to be honest with you. Well, what's next? What's next for you? Um, so yeah, I've got something scheduled for August back in the States. And yeah, I've just actually signed management with um, Deborah King, who's Don King's daughter. Oh, really? huge. Yeah. So I'm looking she, forward. She's different to Don, yeah? How, how different is she to Don? Well, I think I'll know more when I get to spend a lot more time around her, but um, I think she possesses quite a similar energy Qualities. to Don, to be, to be honest with you. Um, Don King has always been an advocate for women, women's rights. That's been something that he's pushed. If you look back throughout his whole career, I didn't know that. he's really? pushed women's rights and for um, obviously for the black people and, and the colored people in America for the racial stuff that's happened over there. He's still very strong about that. Obviously there's still a lot of stuff happening over there, but, um, that's the things he's pushed throughout his whole career and still does to this day. And also, you know, Don King is the first one that took such a huge risk for women's boxing. Really, if you think about it, if you look back, um, he put Christy Martin on the under the opening TV selection of when Mike Tyson was fighting and it's such a smart concept to do as a promoter, but such a big door opener for women and he got slandered for slagged for doing it you know really? and, and and it was a risk for him because it was either going to take or not take but you know it took and it took really well so christy martin always opened the tv for uh, mike tyson people got used to seeing those two you know be fighting on the same card and and for her to open those those fights up so that put women's boxing into the meat into the tv so and did you know street. all of this before no nah, not before i started boxing no i mean oh. before deborah Deborah King. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was aware of the way because my former um, trainer actually, 
that took me to my first world title in Japan. He had a lot to do with Don King's camp. He had fighters that were training over there. He was spent a lot of time in Don King's training camps in Ohio. So yeah, his, his understanding, and he was a boxer too, promotions and things like that. He got his head around and understood it. So yeah, I was educated through, you know, through him and through different, you know, obviously taking my interest into learning more about the sport and, and where it's come from and, you know, what it's what it is today. So Don King's a legend in, in boxing, no matter what anybody wants to say about him. Like how many people, if you go to a business, you know, a multi-million dollar business, how many other millionaires have they produced within their business? Mm -hmm. Think about that, mm -hmm. you know. But Don King's produced many. Well, there's a reason why we know his name, right? Exactly. But, you know, there's all these stories. And, yeah, I mean, the, take the good with the bad. But think about that for a second. Like, mm. he made a lot of millionaires in boxing. Mm. Without, you know, without that, where would boxing be today? Like, he promoted some of the biggest fights in history. And so, that's going to be you soon, right? I'm pretty excited. But, yeah, <laughs> I think Deb King has a lot of qualities. I'm super – like, her energy is just phenomenal. So, yeah, it's going to be great. So I'm heading – I should be heading over there. Don's got a show on the June 11th with um, a heavyweight title fight. So um, she's hoping that I'll be in in time for that just to watch the fight and be around it and then yeah. go on from um, August looking at. What's the training? Is it like still eight weeks? Eight, um, uh, three months? Well, for months? world title fights, generally 10 to 12 weeks full on training, yeah. training camp. But, you know, I... I want a, a long training camp like that because I've been out of the ring for a while now. Mm. So my last flight was 2019, just before COVID, you know, in December, and then COVID hit. So um, I would I would like a full training camp just to prepare for that fight. Um, but then generally after that, mostly because of my fitness, I put on a little bit extra weight and things like that over that time and sure. not being in the ring and not having to train that hard all the time because of what was happening in the world. Um, but also I think once I'm in that shape and it, I'll stay in that shape and, and be more regular, you know, in the ring and, and you don't, I won't need as long. Are you missing it? Oh, I miss it like crazy. <laughs> I bet. It draws I bet. tears in my eyes a lot, very often, but yeah. I, I bet, it. but it's coming to you shortly. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what advice do you have for other young girls coming through the, coming through the ranks? What should they look out for? Coming through the ranks in boxing? Yeah. I think if you're coming up, like amateurs is definitely something that you want to do to not only get experience, but get your exposure, you know, um, to build up your following. And to, if you can get to the Olympics, it's, it's absolutely amazing platform to then, you know, catapult into the professional league. Um, that way you're, you're, you've got your fans and, and everybody's watching you and they're following your career and, and you can get into the professionals that way. Um, my biggest advice is is just have fun. Like this isn't a sport that you choose because you think that you're going to make millions out of it. It's actually you got to love it because of some of the hard work you got to put in. A lot of the times they say it's a lonely sport. It's true because a lot of times you're going to be doing the work by yourself. So make sure that you're loving it and, you know, mm. actually also having your downtime where you're allowing yourself just to chill out with family and friends and, and be a little bit normal too. <laughs> well, I think that's really important, right? As yeah. in to keep your balance. Yeah, you got to because it's you become uncivilized. Like, uncivilized. Yeah, you yeah, do. Like you're in training machine. camp. Like a lot of people think, oh, wow, you're in the States doing this. I'm like, you, you know what the lifestyle is? It's wake up, run, eat, sleep, go back, go back, sleep, get your rest, then go back to training and then you're exhausted. Eat, sleep, train, repeat. That's pretty much what you're doing. Like you know, you're not living this lavish lifestyle over there. I'm, I'm there, and I'm there to get good. So I'm in the gym. I'm training. I'm, I'm having to be disciplined with my sleep, which is challenging sometimes. You're sleeping in the day to catch your rest, so then you can be good for training again. That would be my hardest thing. Oh, it's not easy. <laughs> oh, my, I find it hard sleeping anyway. Yeah. You know, because your mind's just constantly going, especially when you're preparing for a fight too. Like you know, you're thinking of all these different things, but. Yeah, that's the lifestyle of it. So if you really want, if you really want it, you really got to love it and you really got to, you know, that, that the love and the passions was going to pull you through those challenging times. I was going to ask you really quickly, how's the fight game mentally for you? Mentally? Like, I mean, I was grateful enough. My first coach, he, you know, he taught me quite a few things, but one of the wisest things that he told me was every fight preparation is going to be different obstacles that you're going to have to overcome that's stuck in my mind because it's true. You might have injuries. You might have something in your personal life. You might have this, you might have, you know, all these different obstacles. You don't know what they are. 
you don't know what they're going to be, you know, and, and, but knowing that you go, okay, cool. And you know what they are when they come and you're like, all right, I just got to focus on this and just, you know, the mental preparation for a fighter is, is I think that little bit of difference that, that you need, that you have to have, like you got to overcome. Like my last fight I had, I had a, you know, a fractured right thumb that happened in training two weeks oh, before really? my fight. And it happened in my biggest, like my last big sparring session. And slipping the glove on my hand was even painful, you know? And now I'm like, I'm not gonna cancel my fight. Like, uh, you know, yeah. this is a big fight for me and this opportunity is huge. I'm, there's no way, <laughs> you know, but I didn't have my right hand properly, which is, you know, your most powerful hand. And yeah, like I had to overcome that for the rest of my training and then go into the fight knowing that it was that pretending that nothing else was wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because with a fighter, we don't want our weaknesses to be known before the fight because that's something that our opponent can play on. Sure. So even if you've got a flu or something, you don't want anybody to know. Nobody's, everyone's like, it's clandestine. Nobody knows nothing. And it's like after you find out, but people go, oh, yeah, that's what they say. But no, actually, there are a lot of times when you're fighting off an injury of, you know, maybe you're not feeling 100 percent but you got to go in anyway and you have to have um very good mental strength to be able to overcome those things but it goes back again to your goals your desires your vision you know well, lead, yeah that's what you keep up there do you watch videos of your opponents yes um yeah i watch videos of my opponents to see their strengths and their weaknesses um their style obviously um definitely because that's how you're going to make a difference but you you know, they can change all that in their own preparation if they've watched right. you too. So, but there's a certain that there's only an amount that you can really change, you know, mm. you can't really change too much, but you're preparing. That's the great thing about professionals as generally, you know, who you're fighting, unless there's something that happens, you generally know your opponent beforehand. So you can do prepare for that, but you know, you have adversities too. Like I got robbed for the first time I fought for the WBC world title. Um, and all they could do was make an instant rematch. So I was meant to rematch with her again a few months later, but 10 days before the fight, she pulled out, you know, and then my, my next opponent was, you know, there's other challenges that come with that to find someone suitable enough that can take that's, you know, all these different things come, but you stay focused. You have to just stay focused on what you're doing. That's the yeah. most important thing. Like as a fighter, I focus on what I'm doing and getting the best out of what I can do. It doesn't really matter because if I'm focusing too much on the person in front of me, then I'm not really focused on what I need to do. It's so easy to let your emotions drive it. And then once oh. they do, it's you, it's almost game over. Like you've got to really Absolutely. keep that. I think that's what happened with Telefema, right? Like, Telefema. Uh, well, yeah, I think there was a lot yeah. of stuff going on outside. Yeah. And that stuff, like that is where I think for fighters, it's, it's hard. Like... That's why you go away to a camp and you're away from, you become uncivilized because you need to shut a lot of these things out so you can just, one, get through the work, that yeah. the workload that you have to do and two, be able to just be completely focused with no distractions, you know. Um, we're not in there playing it, you know, a game of netball or doing this. It's your life, you know. Yeah. You're getting hit. You've got to be 100%. If you're not 100%, you're going to get hurt, you know. And, and I think different distractions – Emotional stuff, I think, is really like emotionally we have to be fit, mentally we have to be fit, physically we have to be fit, you know, to be able to be elite at that level. And um, it takes, yeah, different, like definitely pushes you. Like being away in the States for me pushed me so much, like so much. I'm away from my my kids, you know. That's, and, that was going to be my you next know, question. It, it's yeah. like some days I'd run just crying because I'm away from them, but I'm like, I'm let it help. Try to help but drive oh, me. Yeah. You know, I'm Why here. I've got to do it. I have to. I have to win. I have to do this. I have to do that. I'm spending time away. You know, whereas people that are already in the scene over there don't have those things driving them either because they've got, like what I said about going to Mayweather's gym, this is the norm for them. They take advantage of what they really have. Whereas for me, I'm coming away from home and I'm being away. I'm putting in the time and it's a lot of time away from my kids. That, you know. Mentally. You could use, you're using that as an advantage. I have You to. know, it's almost like, well, these guys don't have that. Yeah, it's I've like got an it. edge it's an for me. Yeah. It is. Like, it's like, it sucks because you don't want to be away from your kids, but, you and know. the fact that you've pulled me away from my kids. That's, well, there's that's no other a, place for me to do it than over there. Like, even, you know, I would love to try and be able to do all of that back here. No, but that's what you tell yourself psychologically. Yeah. Oh, the you fact you pulled me away from my kids, I'm going to beat the shit out well, of you. Well, I don't even <laughs> think it becomes about me and that. Uh, it, to me, it doesn't become about them. I'm, 
them and me. It's me, me and me. Yeah. You know, it's me and my kids. No, I'm here. I've got to do this. This is why I'm spending the time away from my kids. You know, this is what, why I have to go home with that. You know, I can't, that, that time's costing me, costing me more than, do you know what I mean? Is, is the bigger, the biggest fight between you and you in the ring, <laughs> is it? Always. It is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the biggest fights are always with myself. Like I'm, I'm a athlete and I love to be f great at what I do, you know, not just average or I'm not complacent. I'm probably one of the hardest workers that you'd see in the gym because I've, I've heard I'm, that on your interviews. <laughs> <laughs> I heard your coach go, I haven't had men train like, like Louisa. She's yeah, the hardest worker. In because the gym. I'm, I'm dedicated to what I'm doing and I want to be the best. Like, how do I do that? How do I get that out of myself? And some days it's bad because it works against me. You know, if I have a bad day, then I can beat myself up a lot, which I have had to learn to take it easy on myself a little bit. But that's part of that being, you know, a high performer, a high achiever, you know, like even with people that study or do things like that, they beat themselves up yeah. if they don't. My wife does. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? I think like uh, that's what I was going to ask you is can you relax? Yeah. Can you let go? I've learned to, I've definitely learned to let go and relax a little more um, over this COVID because yeah, I, <laughs> I had true. no choice. True, true. But in a way, that's nice too, you know. It's but like... it has, you know, like everything, everything, like I said at the beginning, it comes with the good and the bad. Like it's just the way we try to see the things that we have in life. Like COVID hitting at the time that it did, like I got Supreme Boxing Female Fighter of the Year. 2019 after my last fight and then to come home to this and then it's almost like having to restart all over again you know yeah. but at the same time i've had amazing opportunities like i got asked to go to darwin to do mental health week and i was the um keynote the keynote speaker for the gala dinner and i went wow. to you know my partner and i went to um darwin and then we went to alice springs to a boxing club there which was amazing like getting to spend time with the kids there and and talk about you know mental health and talk about my story a little bit to them and then do a clinic with them and share share boxing with That's them and seeing their yeah. smiles you know like they were so hyped to have me out there and you know i didn't realize that i had people out there that were, had been watching my whole career you know what i mean so that to me like high but nice different eh? yeah. different high but yeah if if those things didn't happen i wouldn't have had those opportunities as well so i just see everything like that as a blessing yeah it's been challenging and i've definitely felt the pain of all of this stuff but uh, you know in in ways we all have and it's just trying to see all the good out of those things you know what what things that i have been able to do and, and people i have been able to experience life with spending the beautiful quality time with my children do you know what i mean while there has been this break like i've taken yeah. advantage of all of these things so to me they're just part of the story part of the journey and part of the blessings you know i think anyone that has better stories to tell as they get older you can't beat that. Know, right? you can't beat that. you know when you get to that age and you're like actually this older person like when you're younger you don't really care too much about listening to the older people but now you're like oh tell me your story yeah and you know you want to know their history and and what it was like for them growing up whereas yeah. when you're younger you're like yeah i'm doing me you know yeah I'm doing, it's, it's just because you're more worried about like who am i in this world exactly you know? yeah i think as you definitely. get older you get more of a broader and especially as a parent, you probably get more of a broader perspective on the world and yeah. you can see things a little bit more clearly now, yeah. you know, in that way. But um, look, where can people catch you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Bang Bang Lulu. Um, Lulu. Yeah, or I'm on Facebook, um, Louisa Horton. I'll put all of that on the show notes. But yeah, cheers. Man, it's so proud to have you here today. Thank you so and much. Yeah, we appreciate the talk. And yeah, yeah. No, look, awesome. I'm going to follow you from now on. Um, <laughs> and when when can we expect to fight roughly? Uh, roughly in August. Um, I should have some news that will be coming out soon. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Definitely super, super hyped to be representing my country again at that level and, and just get back in the ring and, and dance and do what I do, you know? Yeah. Good luck with, uh, Deborah. And, yep. uh, and yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Wayne. On.